Alright, our next topic goes along in with the series that we've been doing. It goes along in with the end time series and some of the false teaching stuff that we've done. Sorry. What the heck? Was, no, I bumped a spoon. spoon. Um, why do we have a spoon and a knife down here? Okay, the spoon, I was a horrible person and I took a scoop of frosting and was eating gotcha. it. Gotcha. <laughs> Alright, well, we won't judge you for that. Uh, I would, however, if you believe this teaching that we're going to talk about. You should be judged if you believe this teaching we're talking about. Because this, you may be a victim of this and may not know it. You may be confused of this. Most churches are. Most churches teach uh, this. I was showing Heidi a list before we started. Matter of fact, I'll just start with the list. Okay, let's do that. With the list of churches that that teach this. Which is and what we're talking and the topic that we're talking about is called replacement theology and if you're cute if you're confused just hang with us and and we'll I'll try to do my best <laughs> okay so on message I sent to you here before we started the Catholics Methodists Lutheran Episcopal Presbyterians Greek Orthodox Mor- uh, Mormons I love saying Mormon. Mormon. Because now, now they don't want to be referred to as Mormons. Whatever. Whatever. Okay. Anyway, Jehovah Witnesses mm-hmm. and Islam, of course, because that explains all of this. Okay, so this teaching is... Those are all people, all churches, all that, churches are that are teach widely this. teaching religion. And if you theology. think about it, this is most of America in those churches that I just, I just showed you. I mean, yeah. Catholic, Methodist, Lutheran, Episcopal... Presbyterian, I mean, well, Jehovah Witnesses too, mm-hmm. Mormons. Those are a, a large majority of the church. Mm-hmm. There's only a few select churches that don't um, that don't teach that, and, and it's the Baptist Church of God. There's a couple other Pentecostal, uh, but for the most part, that's what everybody's peddling out. But this teaching is actually ingrained with probably a lot of teachers that you're familiar with and that you use a lot because and it's not it's not necessarily always an outward teaching Mm -hmm. it's not something that they're sitting there saying or they're going against it well it's well right but it's it's interesting in that way though is because it's you don't necessarily have to be teaching and slandering it to be going completely against it and that's what makes it really interesting is because anywhere anybody that that holds to this prosperity gospel or this word of faith or anything like this 10 out of 10 times they're believe in replacement theology mm-hmm. there is some i know there's some pentecostals that believe that that do don't believe in in their their wacky too so there is your whole group but for the most part, th- almost 10 out of 10 times, this goes with this dominionism, kingdom now theology. Um, but the point in all of this in bringing up the replacement theology and the importance of the anti-Semitism that is really rising on the world stage right now is that, you know, Brandon just read off here these list of churches that are all widely teaching replacement theology, even if the way they're going about it isn't quite as direct as you might picture this to be. Um, that's what all of those churches are teaching. And if 
your church is teaching replacement theology in any way, shape, or form, that should be a giant red flag flying all over the place. And, and the point in all of this that we've been wanting to try to get into is all of this end time stuff. That's what everybody keeps asking us to talk more about. And when I engage and, and talk with you guys about this, the, the widest response that we get here across the board is just when it comes to end times, people are just completely lost. They have yeah. no clue. The churches aren't teaching on it or what they're teaching on it is completely warped and crazy, probably because you go to one of those churches who is teaching replacement theology. And it well, just what's funny people, is most of these people in, in, what do I do? in the going into the women teachers, mm-hmm. uh, most of these teachers are, are teaching the kingdom that only Christ can bring, but they're teaching it for you and for to now work and, to and to happen. work yeah. to ultimately make this kingdom. And that's why these, these people searching for this just fall into this without mm-hmm. even knowing it. Oh, yeah. But any of this that forwards this kingdom here or you hear this talk of, of, of building a kingdom for Christ, you know, and, and moving forward and just building. Which if you haven't listened to already, Brandon did a podcast on where does this apostasy come from? And that's where he really lays into all of this kingdom stuff that you guys definitely have to go check out if you haven't already. But the, the thing is, is most of us are searching for truth when it comes to all of this end time stuff, right? Every day is a day closer to the end regardless of if you think it's happening this year or in a million years, you know, I mean, every day is a day closer. And so as you're trying to find truth in this, because there's all these different views and all this opposition and great arguments and people make great cases for themselves. Um, note I said for themselves um, <laughs> and all of these different things. But when you're trying to find truth in this, the bottom line to all of it is everything in scripture must harmonize. So you look at some of these views and some of these doctrines that are being taught by the Catholics, by the Presbyterians, mm-hmm. by the Pentecostals, by the Mormons, by, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. You look at some of it and you listen to it and you're like, dang, that sounds good. The way they're using that scripture, that does make sense. That really seems like it holds up, but hold the phone. It has to harmonize with all of scripture with the totality of scripture. And that's where this replacement theology comes in. Because if you believe that the church has replaced Israel, which is what this replacement theology boils down to, you have to throw out a lot of scripture to let that hold up. And there's only one view then that doesn't do that and and that's where we're trying to get yeah, you know brandon's gonna break down in this here but i'm gonna again the these people do not pay me for this i wish they did but god questions again is my is my favorite resource to send out to anybody that has any other questions additional questions than like what i have because they um, break everything they down break and they everything down scripture in a very simple way for anybody to understand. They mm-hmm. they cite their scripture and then they cite whatever source that they used. Mm-hmm. So they do a perfect job of just explaining it. I'll go ahead and read it and we'll go ahead and talk over it. But basically, what is replacement theology? If all of this to this point you're confused up till now, what are you guys talking here you go. About? This is what we're talking about. Okay. Replacement theology, it's also known as supersessionism. So you might have heard it. Um, well, you probably have not heard it called that term, but it's also known as that. Essentially teaches that the church has replaced Israel in God's plan. Adherents of replacement theology believe the Jews are no longer God's chosen people, and God does not have specific future plans for the nation of Israel. Among the different views of the relationship between the church and Israel, 
or the church has replaced Israel. What's replacement theology? The church has an expansion of Israel, or the church is completely different and distinct from Israel. Replacement theology teaches that the church is a replacement for Israel, and that many and that the many promises made to Israel in the Bible are fulfilled in the Christian church, not in Israel. The prophecies in the scripture concerning the blessing and restoration of Israel to the promised land are spiritualized and allegorized into the promises of God's blessing for the church. Major problems exist with this view, <laughs> such as continuing existence of the Jewish people throughout the centuries and especially with the revival of the modern state of Israel. If Israel has been condemned by God and there is no future for the Jewish nation, how do we explain the supernatural survival of the Jewish people over the past 2,000 years despite many attempts to destroy them? How do we explain why and how Israel reappeared as a nation in the 20th century after not existing for 1,900 years? Think about that. That is that was huge people don't realize that we were talking before we started this that the nation of israel did not exist in in jerusalem as its main capital city did not exist since the time that jesus and the apostles and all these things were walking the earth they were expelled they were kicked out of that land it was it was renamed there was always sure a small remnant that that remained around there but it was there it was renamed and the Hebrew people were scattered to be forgotten. Mm -hmm. And they I mean the fact that they survived all the attempts to exterminate them and the, and they have come back with the original language of their ancestors. Now that we have the ancestry and the DNA, the blood DNA that that we've been able to do, we know these people are full-blooded Hebrew people. You're like how does this happen? Do you know, look up the numbers of the Holocaust, what that did to the Jewish population at the time. Oh, yeah. Do you realize how many people that is for that year? I mean, the world population was a lot smaller back in the 40s than it is now. And especially your Jew, I mean, it's, it's fascinating to look at the numbers, to look at the sheer, just... Of it, it, it can be nothing other than from God, but I'll let me continue with this so I don't confuse everybody too much. The view that Israel and the church are different is clearly taught in the New Testament. Biblically speaking, the church is distinct from Israel, and the terms church and Israel are never confused or used interchangeably. We are taught from Scripture that the church is an entirely new creation that came into being on the day of Pentecost and will continue until it is taken to heaven at the rapture. And they cite Ephesians 1, 9-11 and 1 Thessalonians 4, 13-17. The church also has no relationship to the curses and blessings for Israel. The covenant's promises and warnings of the Mosaic covenant are valid only for Israel. Israel has been temporarily set aside in God's program during these past 2,000 years of dispersion. In Romans 11, Paul makes it very clear that he has not forgotten the nation of Israel. No, never will. Contrary to replacement theology, dispensationalism teaches that after the rapture, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13-18, God will restore Israel as the 
primary focus of his plan. The first event at this time is the tribulation. Revelation chapter 16 through 19. The world will be judged for rejecting Christ while Israel is prepared through the trials of the great tribulation for the second coming of the Messiah. Then, when Christ does return to the earth at the end of the tribulation, Israel will be ready to receive him. The remnant of Israel who survived the tribulation will be saved, and the Lord will establish his kingdom on this earth with Jerusalem as its capital. With Christ reigning as king, Israel will be the leading nation, and representatives from all nations will come to Jerusalem to honor and worship the king, Jesus Christ. The church will return with Christ and will reign with him for a literal thousand years. That's Revelation 21 through 5. Both the Old and the New Testament support a premillennial dispensational understanding of God's plan for Israel. The strongest support for premillennialism is found in, in the clear teaching of Revelation 21 through 7, when it says six times that Christ's kingdom will last a thousand years. After the tribulation, the Lord will, re, will return and establish his kingdom with the nation of Israel. Christ will reign over the whole earth and Israel will be the leader of the nations. The church will reign with him for a literal thousand years. The church has not replaced, in Israel, has not replaced Israel in God's plan. While God may be focusing his attention primarily on the church in this dis dispensation of grace, God has not forgotten Israel and will one day restore Israel to his intended role as the nation he has chosen. And again, they cite Romans 11 on that one again, too. Uh, I think they did a perfect job of mm -hmm. kind of giving a quick summary of what this teaching is. So it's all these promises that were given to literal people in a literal land will have literal fulfillments mm -hmm. and they there's various teachings in the church right now that go completely against this um post-millennialism they they're really bad with it um they'll tell you that the regathering of the current state of Israel now is nothing but a historical accident. Which just blows my mind. Yeah. I know. Nothing is an accident, you yeah. know. And, you, and if you're wondering what, again, these, it was prophesied that Israel would return back to the land and the Lord would breathe life back into the nation again. Yep. And while he is giving them grace just like he gives you an eye grace mm -hmm. he's also setting up his sovereign plan which has a literal fulfillment so in seeing these things while the the nation of israel as it sits right now there's no special person that god you know is favored over the other there's no none of this no the the only thing that matters is the fact that the the Lord has put his seal on that city, on that literal geographic location, and it exists again in the way that it once did in the play and and that's mind blowing that just if not proves every single point to this 
this idea that God still has a, a plan for Israel and that anything outside of that is completely unbiblical, not believing that. Um, and, and there's a lot of your, your most popular teachings or, or teachers and churches out there now believe in this theology to some extent. And like I said, it's not like a, uh, you know, it's not like some, uh, purposeful thing with some churches. Sometimes they're just confused by it because we keep talking about this kingdom, right? There's, well, this kingdom is that during this, this period of time that Jesus Christ rules over this period that we just read about, okay, that's the kingdom that only Christ can bring in. Now, most churches teach this forwarding of this that type of kingdom on this earth. Mm -hmm. That Christ can't return until until all enemies have been brought under his feet, meaning all, all the nations, you know, they, they don't train for war anymore. Instead, they're all Christian nations, and it's a big utopia. And then Christ will come back. Yeah. And that's kind well, of... We need to get to work. And even if they happen. don't teach that directly... That's what your most of your mega churches now are teaching, and that's where you'll see any of these positive messages. Anything positive in church, <laughs> like that, is usually a dead giveaway, because all these things that they're preaching about are in a kingdom that only Christ can bring. Yeah, all these these things where you know you're your best Jew and you're you're happy and you have it. That's a kingdom that only Christ can that can bring in. Um, and that that's not something that that we can achieve on our own or that we even go about attempting to but this belief is all over the place like i said and it's just some people don't know that's what they believe mm -hmm. but if you're if you hear the the key words or if they're talking about the kingdom the kingdom forwarding the kingdom or mm -hmm. or building the kingdom or you know, Christ came. That, whenever you hear that word, that's a word that you got away with. You're like, okay, what do you mean what, by kingdom? how are Let's you using this here. word? Because there is a sense of um, Christ building his kingdom through the hearts of believers sure. on earth. And there's a spiritual reign over Christ, over the, the hearts of believers. There's, mm -hmm. there's definitely a sense of that, which I don't deny that at all. Of course. But... As far as the literal portion of this, that still involves the the very same earth that he, the very same arena that he was seemingly defeated in, is the the same arena that he's going to come back victorious too. Mm -hmm. And these things have always been understood as literal. One of the biggest proponents to this belief is they'll tell you is that this is some new understanding, and a lot of people. Uh, listening to this podcast have probably heard a lot of people say that you know like oh the, uh, we don't have any evidence before this between you know before the 18 or the you know 18 whatever or you know before the the uh fourth century or say yes we do there's there there's actually there's plenty of early church fathers that believe this same way one of them Irenaeus, mm -hmm. who he was a student of Polycarp, which Polycarp was a student of the Apostle John. Okay, and these Irenaeus, as well as Polycarp, understood Christ to come be coming back again, to be bringing a literal kingdom to earth when he comes and returns again. 
not some spiritual idea of you you going out and preaching the gospel and changing the world and be, you know building the kingdom through that yourself or, you know or the church when I say yourself I mean the church uh, so there's in yeah like Irenaeus was what the late late not late first century he was like mid first century in his second century uh, that he lived so that seems to me like that was a long time before Darby ever hit the scene yeah. <laughs> and that he isn't the only one I mean the apostles believe this and taught this you can see this in scripture but people always the argument to it is they always go to the fact that this was an invented belief or that this this idea just was just you know, and that that's also rooted in this anti-Semitism, mm -hmm. because we we try to push the Jew away from everything and out of everything in every way possible, mm -hmm. and it, this is a perfect way to do it in replacement theology. Who, who cares about the Jews anymore? Mm -hmm. He doesn't care about them anymore. Look. Nothing. They they denied Jesus, so that was it. Now it's all if done and over. They've lost everything. Split the sea for Israel, like yeah. yeah, he gave his only son for us. That's for all of us, mm -hmm. including including Israel. Israel, but they're not the adopted children. They're the blood children. And like our Savior had Hebrew blood, mm -hmm. so. Why that does? Why you would ever say that that there isn't still a place for them? That he wouldn't uh, forgive them, and he has promised to leave a remnant of them, and he's not going to go back on those promises. Like I said, we don't know who they are. You know, it's not like not like there's anything to be worshiping over at the current state of Israel. It is now because. Largely, the whole state of Israel is a freaking pigsty. I mean, it yeah, really it's, is. Yeah. It's disgusting. And they're extremely liberal and very, you know, well, they have a lot very of anti. For, so. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're no, no different than they always have been throughout history, though. No different than the condition they were in the, than they are in the book of Isaiah mm -hmm. or in the book of of any fill in the blank here of any any book that God is really upset with Israel which is the vast majority which is all the time but if we'll and we'll uh, I'll try to do hopefully this gave a little basic understanding of what it is along with linking this article and now I think that everybody has like a idea of what this is now I think that we can go to the end times and why this matters is well because we really needed to unpack these topics of the kingdom replacement theology just the modern state of apostasy you know all these all right. things really connect in and kind of circle around this okay we have to understand these things here before moving into what does scripture actually say about the end times and Weighing that, weighing all of these things with right. the state of the world that we right. see it today. How do these things connect? How how does and when you read it from that understanding, you go, oh yeah, 
It's really simple. Yeah, oh, okay. It really yeah. is not that difficult. Yeah, and and these are understandings that, but like I said, that so these confused. came from. And that's what I think was so eye-opening to me when you pulled up that list of the churches that teach replacement theology, the Catholics, the Protestants. And you know, here's you go one bold that statement that I was like, I was going to make. Listen, I will I I will let anybody argue with me about the rapture. I hold. I believe in the rapture. I believe that that's. What, I believe it's a mystery given to us through Paul from Christ. I I believe that a hundred percent. But I hold that. That's one of those things where if somebody doesn't believe that, because they know a lot of people don't, that's one of those those issues that doesn't separate us, right? Sure. That if you don't believe in the rapture, if you, I don't believe, okay, cool, fine. Mm-hmm. But what I do refuse to believe, and I would and say somebody for, is I refuse to believe that the church has replaced Israel and that Israel, ethnic Israel does not matter to God anymore. Because in totality of scripture, it it doesn't, not not that that the particular nation now or anything that they're doing, it show is that they're any kind of favorite to God over anybody else. That is not what I'm saying. However, God has preserved all, a remnant of those people for a reason and they are where they are for a reason and no nobody else could do that no. look at the, there's statistically speaking in the in the there's no way look at this little tiny nation that is in between absolute war and chaos and yet they and they are the freest one of the freest they are the freest country in the middle east yeah I mean, and even on a world scope, you know, really. so anyway, you know, not like I said, not that they they have done anything, but I refuse to believe that they are not the main part of God's plan. I refuse to believe that the, the promises in the covenants that God made with with the with the, you know, the the covenants that he refute that those aren't going to be fulfilled literally mm-hmm. they will mm-hmm. and they are in christ they have been there they're they've just not been yet been fully realized everything has been fulfilled just not fully realized we know we have christ so yes everything is fulfilled but we you know he's also not ruling and reigning from a literal jerusalem yep. yet and that's what the bible says will happen so I refuse to believe that. And so we can hold to a, and that would be, you know, people that hold to a second coming, but they don't believe in a rapture. In a rapture sure. They believe in that sense. You just, it's like an up and down, like an elevator, right? That like, Oh, Jesus is back. We go up for some reason, then come straight back down. Okay. Whatever. So you know? Okay, cool. We're here for. But I'm talking to somebody that is, believes in replacement theology and, in person in kingdom now theology like um apologia like Mm -hmm. they i that is where they go off that i go okay i don't i I can't i can't walk with you in this way because i don't know how god's going to judge that um i won't judge them because of the work that he does for christ you know and it but anybody that goes and says these things it's extremely unbiblical and i am i pray that god you know deals with you kindly i mean i know he will um hope that he will pray that he will but i just i am not bold enough to say that israel has been replaced 
Yeah, and I don't know how you can search the scriptures and come to that understanding and be confident in that understanding. And it's very serious to say these things, especially if you understand and take this stuff literally, if you really believe this stuff. I mean, if you really believe there is a God, you really believe in Jesus, you really believe that these the there was these kings and these things actually happened, if you really believe that Ezekiel, you know, cooked stuff under his own poop, you know, if like this Donkeys stuff really talked and all of you know, these yeah, stories. this stuff really happened. So, or are you a Christian? Well, it wasn't his own. It wasn't his own. He got to he he did get the approval to use. Yeah. Well, but so. then again, that kind of circles back then to: Are you one of the Christians that believes that you take scripture with a grain of salt and you can't take it all exactly, literal? or you can't take it literal? Yep. And it's. The, the scripture is extre- extremely clear the way that it, it it's not meant to be taken literal where it is meant to be taken literal yeah you know i mean like just like any other yeah thing it's very like you could tell when jesus is ex- explaining a parable and then he goes and turns around and explains the parable yeah so parable he's like okay so like- yeah the parable was not like literally talking about a specific person it was it was to give you a story give you an idea but then he would explain the parable. He goes, okay, here's the literal explanation of this. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, all of these, all of these things, or even Paul, he's like, well, let me give you this. Yeah. Let me, you know, he'll give you an example or, you know, and he'll, everything is divided. And that's where rightly dividing scripture comes mm-hmm. into play too, is because if you have a correct understanding of how to divide all of these things and a general understanding, you know, of reading of reading then you'll come to that conclusion big so big difference i think that'll probably be good for the first one hopefully okay. and so, uh, this one um i know i probably didn't cover half of the things that i should have so just please email me or message me with questions on it yeah or comment but a general just overview of the importance of understanding what replacement theology is the danger of that especially considering the majority of the main churches in our country are peddling that type of theology and then to understand the importance of this rise of anti-semitism because it is so important as you seek to understand all of these end times things you know that that plays a huge role in all of that so good place to start i guess touching on that and we will follow up i'm sure on like a million other points with this (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, thanks for hanging out with us today, and we'll see you next time. All right, thank you.